passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We played football tonight at Memorial Stadium. It is Jeremy Warner and Joey Wagner, Lana Inquirer podcast recapping the spring game where the final score was orange 65 blue 15 uh how they came up with that score that sometimes looked pretty random with the kicking competition and everything involved but the orange which was made up of the starters was absolutely dominant in this one uh when it actually was football was 53 to nothing uh in this one and let me pick up the stats here uh but the orange team threw for 396 yards, ran for 225 yards, while the blue team ran for uh, just 12 yards on 23 carries and just 30 passing yards on 2 for 12 passing. We will dive into what we actually learned from this, but Joey, it was nice to see football at Memorial Stadium with Brett Bielma leading the team. And with, uh, I think there was probably a thousand because I actually looked in the suites and that that area was much more packed than the actual stands where it was cold, windy. The weather didn't work out as well as Illinois would have liked. And that was one of the downsides of having a 7 p.m. kickoff here. But it was just a a nice, again, step towards a little more normalcy here for uh, us in Champaign, Illinois. Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought coming into it is it's been since November 30th, 2019, when it was also a cold, rainy day against Northwestern with about two wide receivers available to play on the way to a bowl game since fans who haven't been parents have been in here. And, you know, we're up here, Jeremy, a little disconnected in the press box, but you could hear, especially when the basketball team came out, like you could hear that, you could feel that. And there were some plays where, where you could hear it and feel it too. And that's just a step forward a little bit. And yeah, the game was kind of weird with the ones against the world and they kicked however many times for whatever reason between quarters. We had a BTN analyst that Brett Bielma was uh, trying to suck up to a little bit by getting her, at least Medicare, to throw a two-point conversion. But hey, it's a spring game. It can be a little wacky. There's also a conversation to be had about how Brett Bielma handled the, the TV broadcast. I caught a few things. He was great. But yeah, it, this was just a, a felt like a step towards normalcy. Brett Bielma leaned into a lot of the things to lean into as a first-year coach coming to a program that really had virtually no buzz last December and probably dropping. I mean, people were losing interest fast. And, and Brett Bielema's doing his thing to get it back, but close, man. It's getting closer to normal. Hopefully the fall is a, a little closer than this. 
Uh, my biggest takeaway, I think, from all of this, and no, it's not Luke Ford quite yet, who is fantastic. We'll get into Luke Ford. Uh, buy that stock now. It's probably too expensive. But um, I know he's into stocks uh, right now based on his Twitter here recently. But uh, my biggest takeaway is thank goodness for that super senior role. I, I, we knew it coming in, Joey, and we wrote about it after all those guys decided to come back. And that's a huge kudos to, to Brett Bielema for getting these guys to come back. But his quarterback is a super senior, and Brandon Peters, we'll get into it, looked fantastic. Uh, his offensive line, three of the starters are going to be super seniors, and that offensive line looks pretty good tonight with that first group. Uh, and then defensively, you have two outside linebackers that looked absolutely dominant today, Isaiah Gay and Owen Carney. Tony Adams in the secondary had a great coverage on, on the one play that it felt like he actually had to cover today because uh, the blue couldn't get much going. But th- there was a steep drop-off from that orange to the blue. And I think defensively it's clear that hey, that blue defense was mostly third and fourth stringers, a lot of walk-ons. So I didn't get too worried about that, but the second string offense was mostly backups and the offensive line was not very good. Uh, quarterback play, I, Isaiah Williams was running for his life, so I don't know how much I take into that, but there was a drop-off between him and Brandon Peters, uh, wide receivers, running backs, all of that. Um, so without those super seniors, I think we'd, be, we'd have been looking at a really tough first year, a couple wins at the most for Brett Bielema. With these super seniors back, uh, just as we thought coming into this, uh, I think there's a team that can be really competitive in Big Ten. I don't know how many wins that is, but I think it gives him a chance uh, to be pretty good. Yeah, and it's, again, it's one of those things we knew. Like We knew as these announcements fluttered day by day, we were like, oh, this is really, really helpful. But when you see it in person, you're like, it's more than helpful. Like This is, this is a really a big deal for Brett to have in his first year. And, and yeah, the, uh, to me, if you're looking at like what was concerning about the blue, it was the offensive line because that is probably where most of the twos are. You know, the wide receivers, I'm looking at the stats for blue. Michael Marques was, was a linebacker a minute and a half ago. He had a catch for 22 yards. Owen Hickey, John Bickle, Dale, Dale Von Campbell. These aren't like, they're I don't even want to say that they're twos. They're somewhere. Preston Engel had a uh, target. Did Quentin McCoy actually have a target? Um, Caleb Griffin, a kicker, had a target. Dale Von at three had a beautiful throw by Isaiah Williams, and he dropped. Um, so, yeah, that, that doesn't concern me. You're right. Not the wide receivers, but uh, the offensive line, I thought the two deep would be a little bit better. Uh, Josh Poor was the center, but you had Virtus Brown and, and Jordan Slaughter uh, in that group, and and they weren't very effective today. Even like Mozak Powell, Brevin Jones, you, you didn't see those guys move very much. No, and I was very incorrect about Moses Powell on our last <laughs> podcast. But, I mean, I, yeah, the, the offensive line was my concern on the Blues. And, again, maybe I don't want to say maybe because we know that Owen Carney and Isaiah Gay are good, but – for a number two, you would hope there was just a hair of resistance against those guys. And and Calvin Avery and Johnny Newton, that was just – that was a dominant defensive front five is, is kind of how it ended up shaking out a little bit there. And, you know, part of it you give credit to them because I think they're good football players. We have enough body of work. But the other part is like, oh, boy, I mean, we thought this offensive line, as we looked at this, it's like, okay, maybe I, – I thought Jeremy coming in we were going to get the rosters – we would see six, seven guys in orange on the offensive line and, and kind of shuffle them in and out. And that was not really the case. And, you know, it's one game, so I don't think it's sound the alarms and go crazy. But, I mean, that's about the literally the only takeaway I can take away from the blue. 
Yeah, now maybe if Virtus Brown was putting that first string instead of Alex Pilstrom or Jordan Slaughter's putting that first string, I think they'd be fine. I think they'd be satisfactory there. Uh, but it is a concern that as a group, uh, they, they didn't provide much resistance. Uh, on the flip side of that, uh, I was really impressed with the front. Um, uh, the Ryan Walters defense, which was a base 3-4 tonight. That's what we saw was uh, three defensive linemen, a nose guard and Calvin Avery with Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph and five techniques. And then you had Owen Carney and Isaiah Gay lined up as outside linebackers. And, and Carney usually was coming. So basically a defensive end. And then Gay sometimes uh, would drop into coverage. But uh, that was the disguising defense. It was kind of everything we expected. Uh, didn't see many nickel looks. I think a lot was vanilla. But I think we did see the base uh, is a 3-4 today, at least what Ryan Walters wanted to show us, and it was effective. Those guys looked really good. I think Calvin Avery had a really good game. Um, now, he's going against Josh Poor, uh, who was on third string, maybe fourth string even last year, uh, but he dominated where he was. And I thought Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph were good, and then uh, Owen Carney, two sacks. Isaiah Gay had a sack, a couple hurries. Uh, that looked pretty good. Um, I, I think that's the kind of defense you want. And and you, you mentioned it when I asked Owen Carney about the disguising blitzes, who's coming, who's going. You give a little bit of a smile. Um, I, I just think they are going to make it more difficult for offensive coordinators and, more importantly, quarterbacks to diagnose what they are doing pre-snap, which I think is a huge advantage and which was a huge disadvantage uh, for Lovey Smith because those guys knew it was coming. When you know it's coming, it's so much easier to play, right? I mean, it's, it's simple. Yeah, and the other part of this, and I don't know how much more, there's got to be more because I, I'm almost sure Ryan Walters isn't going to open up the whole playbook on April 19th here, but that was more disguising than we've seen in a while, and I don't really feel like we're I feel like it's the tip of the iceberg with what Ryan Walters wants to do, which should be exciting for him. Now you got to execute it, and you, you, all these things have to happen. But there is some versatility here, and and we got to remember they were without Quan Martin. He didn't play uh, some sort of of late scratch. So so Terry Joseph too, and yeah, so so they were out of uh, out of sorts a little bit in the the safety position. But again, it, it's similar to the offense, where it's like okay, the ones here have something going. A little bit now. Remember, the linebacker situation was not complete. That to me, that's always been the most incomplete position this spring ball with the injuries. But the disguising and the way that they used Owen Carney and Isaiah Gay—it's what we thought. And I think there's still more to see there. Yeah, I think uh, there's going to be a lot more uh, to that defense. But uh, I thought it was encouraging just with the front. All right, let's talk about QB one because uh, I for since they were hired. And Brandon Peters came back, and Tony Peterson was the offense coordinator. I mean, we've had Brandon Peters as a pretty heavy favorite. Now, they have been critical of him at times, especially Brett, Brett Bielma said after today's uh, game, second week, he didn't have a good second week, but it seems like he's bounced back. He was 12 of 18 for today, 291 yards, didn't have a turnover, and I think that's always important uh, to say, but he was dicing things up. A few throws towards the red zone uh, that were a little off. One, he put a little too much mustard, much mustard on. One tip Riemann uh, actually dropped in the end zone. That could have been another touchdown. But that's what a QB1 looks like. He diced up a, a backup defense and uh, showed his strong arm, showed his poise. Um, that was good Brandon Peters tonight. And, you know, I, I would hope that's what the quarterback one looks like against a backup defense, but it was good to see. And I would be shocked, Joey, if that is not your guy against Nebraska at this point. Because while Isaiah Williams was running for his life, he wasn't nearly as accurate uh, with some of his throws, which is to be expected. And Brandon Peters is, is what they want in a quarterback. 
Yeah, I will say also, I thought Isaiah Williams, when he did get in with the oranges, looked substantially better when he could sit in the pocket and, and actually look at a defense. So I, I actually would have liked to see them both be on the orange early and let Isaiah get in there a little bit. I understand why. I understand for competitive purposes and, and get maximum amount of snaps purposes. I understand that. Can I interrupt? Yeah. I, I think Brandon getting all the first team reps in the first half is a little bit telling in that way. Um, because it's not like a real game where it's like, oh, this guy's got to get into a rhythm. I don't think it was all about that. I think it was like, we want Brandon to get as many reps as possible here, and he was playing well. So, But I did like they got Isaiah a couple orange reps. The The second half was like done in 30 minutes because they had to be done in 30 minutes, and it was cold, and, and uh, the time was running out on TV. But I, I think it might have been a little telling that, that Brandon got that many Orange reps. Yeah, that's fair. And, and 291 in a touchdown, like you said, that is what you're supposed to do. I mean, that's if you're the QB1, you're, you're supposed to take apart what, what is really third and fourth stringers, uh, for the most part, on that defensive second. And, and he just looked good. He just he looked confident. He looked like he had time to make reads. He, he dropped in some beautiful passes. Uh, I don't know. He might owe Luke Ford and Donnie Navarro a dinner at some point. Maybe they owe him a dinner. But it, th- that was... You don't want to say that's as good as you've seen, Brandon, because it's a spring game. But I, if you're dreaming up what you want to see out of your guy, that's that's what it is. As for the Tony Peterson offense, I don't think there are many surprises here, right? I thought it was well-balanced. He had 31 runs to 26 passes. Uh, again, 220 rushing yards and 396 passing yards. Uh, it's not going to be like that during a season against a real Big Ten team here. But um, a mix of 11 personnel and 12 personnel, they kind of did that different drives. One drive was 11 personnel. Next drive was 12 personnel. So three wide receivers or two tight ends. Um, but boy, it, it is what we thought it was, right? Three running backs who can all run the ball. It's a physical blocking scheme, a power run, which means they're just beating the man in front of them, right? This isn't get to a spot and block that spot. It's you two double team the guard to get to the tackle or to get to the linebacker. Um, and it worked. Uh, the offensive line was very effective tonight. And the three running backs looked as good as advertised. Chase Brown, just really hard to bring down 80 yards, two touchdowns. Reggie Love, 63 yards on nine carries and a touchdown. And Chase Aiden had one of the, probably the run of the night uh, with a couple jukes. He had a 27 yard touchdown run, but 52 yards on seven carries. That's what we thought uh, out of that group, that that's the strength of the team is that run game behind that experienced offensive line and uh, those three running backs. Yeah, if you can run it like that effectively, that takes whoever your QB won, that takes a lot off of their shoulders because they moved it really, really well consistently. I'm looking, they had very, very few, I mean, two two total loss of yards. Uh, that's what you want. You're always getting there. You're not shooting yourself in the foot. It's just it's what we thought. I mean, I didn't think there was a surprise there. The carries are pretty much in order. They it looked like they really more or less went, uh, you know, possession by possession. They would switch guys in and out. Even though Chase Brown did vulture one from Chase Hayden. Uh, I don't come on, man. It's spring. What Chase Hayden getting that? I thought, in. I thought Reggie Love actually got the touchdown, uh, and then Chase Hayden yeah, came right. in, and then Chase Brown came in. So yeah, it was a little bit of vulturing of it all. But yeah, that's the strength of the team. Uh, let's take a quick break, Joey. And let's talk about the man I think fans are talking about a lot. Luke Ford was used. We'll talk about that next on the Online Enquirer podcast. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring. 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right donnie navarro fantastic three catches 131 yards but the man of the hour in the passing game was luke ford Five catches, 88 yards, one touchdown, a fantastic catch uh, in the end zone. That was from uh, Deuce Span, or was that Isaiah Williams? Isaiah Williams, yeah, they mixed up the stats here uh, with Deuce Span and Isaiah Williams late in the game. But Luke Ford was everything we thought Luke Ford could be. And I think there's a mix of things here, Joey. One, I think that the previous staff would say, and that Brett Bielema and his staff have said, is Luke needed to, I think, just take this more seriously. To be a great football player, it's not just about talent. It's about maturity, going about your business the right way, and you know, coming to practice every day, getting better, because there are other guys that are putting in the work, and it seems like it started to click for him. And, and Bielema said that today after the game, and uh Luke, it seems like it's showing, man. Five catches, 88 yards, but you have to use that. Like when you have that, that talented of guy, you got to find a way to get him to buy into all of those things off the field and, and, and working every day. But also, um, you got to get him on the field. You got to find a way to get a guy who's 6'6, 250 pounds, physical, athletic, good hands, and they're getting him in space, man. Like they're putting him in that Y tight end where he's kind of a hybrid, um, and, and he, they're getting good matchups, and he's a tough cover for a linebacker or a defensive back. So stock up on Luke Ford finally. You know, I, I, well, I think we're going to talk to Luke at some point in the next few days, but I, I've got to wonder if you're. You know, again, we don't know what happened behind the scenes. I think we've got enough of a body of work to, like you said, take it more seriously, 
like I was just not targeted. I mean, what, does that wear on you at some point if you're putting in some work and you're just not getting looked at or you're not getting snaps? I mean, that would be tough, especially, we should say, especially when you're already in a COVID season. It's already been suspended and you're already locked down. And and then you do all of this and you don't get the, the opportunity. I, I don't know. I, I'm speculating armchair well, a little bit. but I can tell you that they didn't think, the previous staff, that, that he was reliable enough. But he did play 36% of the snaps last year. And to only have, I think it was four targets all season. I mean, that's offensive scheming, right? Like, he was a fine blocker uh, for the most part. Pretty good blocker last year. But you got to find a way to get him involved in your offense when your receivers outside of Bay Bay are really struggling. Uh, and Barker, you got to find a way to get Luke Ford the ball. And in this offense... They're going to find a way to get him the ball. Luke Ford, Daniel Barker combined today uh, for eight catches uh, for more than 100 yards. So uh, these guys, I think, are, are really going to be used well. Luke's not going to go for 5 and 88 all the time, but uh, those are two big targets, uh, especially when you don't feel like your receiver group is great. Yeah, and look, I get for you know if you're a fan and you're watching this, all you've heard about is we're going to use the tight ends, we're going to use the tight ends for years, and if nothing doesn't happen – well, they're targeted nine times in a spring game. That's a that's pretty good return there, right? I mean, I think that is one of those two. I'm assuming Daniel Barker, Donnie Navarro, a different story, but someone one of those Barker and Navarro might lead this team in receptions this year. I just think that they're consistent. If they're obviously scheming the tight ends open, and Luke Ford is physical, so it's not like you know. And Brett Bielema kind of talked about it a couple of weeks ago, where Daniel Barker sees himself as this receiving tight end, very justifiably so because he has been that. So, and Brett challenged him a little bit. If you're going to do it, then be consistent as a receiving tight end. And if you know Luke, be consistent in your blocker. I mean, we sat here and watched him knock someone over and and drill. So, whatever their messaging, I think that's a big thing is they understand how to reach these guys, right, and how to. You know, the give and take of how to get them to the level that they need to be. And I, I, I'm saying them. I don't know that Daniel Barker really deserves to be in that conversation because he has been very consistent since he's been here. But whatever the message is to Luke, and Luke and Brett go back, right? Luke committed to him at Arkansas, so it's not like they're total strangers. They know what they're kind of about a little bit. And you're starting to see that on the field. And, you know, I thought there could have been, should have been some fireworks for the one-handed touchdown catch. <laughs> Because that was a really spectacular catch, and it was a good throw by Isaiah. Uh, you know, another example of Isaiah gets with people who can keep him upright and in the pocket, and you can, he, you know, he made a couple nice throws. But that's a that's a pretty positive takeaway for Illinois to see the tight ends involved and productive tonight. Another guy who I felt like didn't play enough last year, and I, I know there might be a ceiling there, but he just produces when he's on the field is is Donnie Navarro, and this staff has raved about him. Um, and, you know, the last staff did too, but he only had eight catches for 88 yards last year, and it, it felt like he lost his spot, and I didn't know why, because when he did play, it felt like he was pretty productive. Tonight, three catches, 131 yards. I thought he had another catch on top of that, but 91 yak, uh, including a, a dart Brandon Peters uh, threaded a needle, and, and Donnie took it for about another 40 yards. Uh, but he was just dicing up. It felt like zone coverage. Um, the entire night. He's just a guy who gets open. I, I keep using the word with him, craftsman. Um, he's limited. Um, he, he's, his speed isn't great. I don't know, probably runs a 4.6. Uh, he's not the quickest guy. He's obviously not the biggest guy. 
but he just works so hard and does everything he can to be a reliable receiver. And, and Brett just raved about him after the game and, and, and saying tough, smart, dependable player. That's Donnie Navarro. I think, I think that's a guy who's going to have a very productive year ahead. Yeah, I talked to his high school football coach a couple of years ago, and he said he can get it open in a shoebox. And, and that is a skill to understand what the defense is doing and where you can exist to make yourself a viable option for quarterback. And I think he, you know, I think Donnie knows what he can do, what he can't do. He understands that. He buys into the things he can do very, very well. And he does those things. And he's still pretty, I mean, you know, he's not going to burn a lot of people. Yeah, we've, but we've seen him burn some people, right? I, I go back to the Wisconsin game, if I'm not mistaken, the upset here. And, and I, if I'm remembering right, he had a touchdown from Brandon Peters and scored. I mean, he's feisty. We saw him lose a helmet last year, and he, he gets up and he talks a little smack and has some fun. And the quarterback's best friend is a guy who's going to be there when you look up, and there's not going to be someone around, and that's Donnie. And I, I don't know, and I think we've heard a little bit more and the pieces start to come together that he might not just be limited to the slot. I, I think when I've considered him, I keep thinking – okay, slot receiver, slot receiver, well, what else are you going to do? But you've heard George McDonald's and even Brett Bielema say, hey, we're going to, you know, we can put him outside a little bit, and that opens up a little bit more for someone like Kamari Thompson, who we saw tonight and, and was able to use some of that speed, and he's a physical enough guy, big enough guy. So it's still a limited wide receiver group. There's, I mean, we're not, I'm not trying to sit here and say it isn't, but I think Donnie's versatility can maybe unlock a few things in different packages that can help them. Yeah, um, and I think this receiver group was pretty encouraging. Not many drops outside of Dalevon Campbell today, but that first string, uh, Carl Sandy, I think is making the most of this. I, I think I mentioned him last week, Joey, and I said, Carl Sandy's kind of guy in a spring game. I think could have a good spring game, and I don't know if it's going to mean a lot, but I think it opens up the door. They like what they've seen out of him this spring, and they certainly need some guys in that receiver rotation to step up. He had three catches, 56 yards. Brian Hightower looked like Brian Hightower, big, physical, athletic, Two catches, 52 yards. I uh, had a big 33-yarder. Kamari Thompson, my pick to click, looked good early with a one touchdown in the corner of the end zone. Um, but that, that's a guy who was playing defensive back last year. And you're thinking, man, they, they put him in a position to succeed. And to wrap this all up, Joey, I don't know if I'm going to take a ton from the orange just crushing the blue because it felt like an 8A versus a 2A team tonight, if you're, if you're going to say football here. But – I do like that I saw these guys in a scheme or in, in being put in positions to succeed, and we're probably taking way too much into it. But to see Luke Ford have a big game, to see Isaiah Gay and, and Owen Carney have big games, to see Brandon Peters look comfortable and confident, um, I don't know how much stock I put into that, but I do feel a little bit more encouraged today by some of those key pieces and some of the pieces we – think are, are so important for this season uh, to have good nights tonight and, and to build that confidence. I think that's really good uh, going into the final two practices of spring and then going into the offseason. You know, I want to add one more thing about the receivers. The, the, the most encouraging thing about the way this all shaped out is Illinois didn't need its receivers to be superstars. They balanced things well. They ran the ball. It was, they moved the ball effectively passing. It wasn't oh my gosh, we're, we're third in the world here. We got to have these receivers or second and 15. It, Thing, again, spring game, 8A, 2A, the whole deal, but you can see the shape that they want. They don't want to throw this thing all over. And and with what they have now, I, the receiver group is limited. Any injuries would not be helpful. But there's a way. I think we see it now with the way it's like, okay, these three backs are, you know, breaking tackles again, the whole caveat here. 
but the, asking them to be certain things within the scheme is helpful. That that really matters to them. And yeah, we're we're probably taking way too much out of this. It's all we got, man. It's all we got. Uh, I'm looking at the stats here. Hugh Robertson uh, punted twice. Uh, you know, basically the length of the field twice. He had 204 yards and punt. So if you're looking for what's next after Blake Hayes, Hugh Robins- Robertson might be 35, <laughs> but he could be that guy. I mean, I'm halfway kidding. He, lo- he has a pretty good leg on him. Yeah. And I thought that was, you know, I just looked down and thought, okay, great. But I, again, the biggest thing to take here is just the shape of what we think this is going to yeah. be and, and the understanding of playing just what you're asked to do and move it along and, and let it fall into place. I mean, basically, yeah, I think that's a good way of saying it. it's the shape of what we're going to see because this was vanilla. This is vanilla what we saw, but we did see the shape of what it looks like. And on offense, it's a power run scheme um, where it's going to be a balanced offense, sometimes 11 personnel, sometimes 12 personnel. But it's going to be based on physicality and taking care of the ball. And I think a lot more of not up-tempo. This, is going to be, this isn't going to try and be the Big 12 in the uh, Big Ten. This is going to be a Big Ten West football team. And um, you're copying Wisconsin, you're copying Iowa, and I don't think that's such a bad thing, or Northwestern uh, involved in that as well. Uh, On defense, this looks more like what a modern-day defense looks like, which is multiple disguising, blitzing, and putting pressure on college quarterbacks, which is what I would always do. Uh, I think 18 to 22 year old college quarterbacks, most of them, unless you're a great one, are going to make mistakes. And, it, and if you put pressure on them, I think uh, that that's the best thing you can do. And the best ones will beat you, right? And if, if you go up against special guys like Justin Fields, whatever, they'll beat you. But I'd rather put pressure on them than let them sit back and kind of dice you up and, and they know what's coming. So I do think we saw the shape of that 3-4 look out of the base, uh, aggressive, disguising, and then on offense with all the balance we saw. Yeah, I do want to add one more thing kind of off topic here. And I, and I want to go back and watch the broadcast. But it sounds like Brett Bielema, and what I watched you know, briefly from the press box, kind of understands what he needs to be for this program right now. He was having some fun on the Big Ten Network. He put on the, the headset and, and literally took people, look, he's not doing this against Iowa. He's not doing this against Wisconsin. But he understands that there needs to be a level of making people feel like he's sitting in the living room talking to you and understanding the, the push and pull of, of having a relationship with the Big Ten Network and understanding that fans want to hear certain things from him. And, and he is, we've known he, he's a very open personality, but I think to, for him to understand that it's a spring game, this is not the end of the world, that he can step away for a little bit and jump on the BTN broadcast and be engaging like that, I, I just think that that's somebody who gets it, who's been around, who's done it before, and, and just kind of seeing what we saw on social media. People enjoyed that. People enjoyed hearing from the head football coach. And he's got a very never-met-a-stranger personality to him, and I think he showed that. I, I'm going to go off here a little bit. It's absolutely damn necessary at the University of Illinois to have that. And it is the one thing I – Lovey's scheme was a mistake. The way he approached recruiting was a mistake. He did, I, I do think he scouted talent well. I think he's a, a fine man. I think he knows football. But you have to be a salesman. Like, if you don't embrace that part of the job, then you, that, you're not doing your job. And he never connected here. He didn't, you know, 
live here all year, didn't make himself a part of the community, didn't do enough of those outreach things. Brett is going over and beyond. And if you hate P.J. Fleck, um, it's because he wins and because he's built a program that people care about. That guy, his outreach in that community, his outreach with recruits, the way he attacks that job is like this is the most important thing in the world. And it is for him because that is the biggest opportunity he's ever had. And if it doesn't work out, it's not going to work out for him in his career. For Brett Bielma, that's how he's acting. Brett Bielma is acting like, all right, my, my reputation is on the line. Like if this doesn't work out, people are going to look at me as just as up oh, the guy who replaced Barry Alvarez and he got a good situation, made the most of it, moved on and couldn't do it himself. Um, and I think Brett's a really good coach, obviously, but he knows that like this means the world to him and he knows he has to be a part of this community. His family has to be a part of it. He's willing to share that with people and lovey, Never wanted to do that, never was willing to do that. Even when we tried to get that out of him, he never embraced that part of the job. And if you're at Alabama and you're Nick Saban, you don't have to do that, even though he does, right? Um, but if you're Bill Belichick and winning, or if you're the defense coordinator of the Houston Texans, that's fine. But at a place like Illinois, you have to be that. And to be honest with you, it is one of the things – I have been most impressed with Brett Bielma is his messaging, his messaging to recruits, his messaging to his players, his messaging to fans, his messaging to the media, I think has been a guy that is bracing his role as the number one salesman of this athletics department, to be honest with you. I mean, it's Josh Whitman and him and Brad Underwood does this really well as well. But um, I think Brett Bielma is, is, is hit a home run uh, in that department. I think it's a, a very welcome change for Illinois, but also a very needed change. Sorry, that that Lovey never embraced that part of the job, and I think it, I think it really hurt him. And it really hurt fan like fans just didn't connect with him. And um, you don't have to be the guy everyone likes, or you know Brett's got a, a charming personality. You don't got to be that, but you got to put in that effort at a, a school like University of Illinois and a program like Illinois football to make people think you care. You care about them um, because this isn't just, hey, people are going to watch the NFL. People want to feel like they're a part of this program, and Brett does a great job of that. And, look, we talked about it, not, not to too far divert, go on a tangent here, but we talked about this when he called high school. Like, you and I messaged privately about this, and a lot of high school coaches, like, coaching is such a tight circle. You just want to feel like you're in. You're in with somebody at the college level, and – I mean, fans want to feel like that, right? Like, they want to go to the store and see Brett Bielema and not be like, oh, man, should we, I don't know, I don't know, he's shopping with his family. They want to go up and say, hey, good game. He talked about being at the park with his daughters, and somebody came up and said, hey, we're, you know, what, I don't remember the exact message. And some people would say, hey, I'm with my family, no thing. And Brett was like, yeah, this is great. This, this is what it's about, and, and it does take a personality to do that, to get things humming where they need to hum, and we'll see. If this is a rough start, if things start to crater a little bit, we'll see if any of that, I would say positivity, I guess, is really what it's We'll see if any of that changes, if the tone changes. But right now, he's making a lot of friends in the Illinois fan community. And and there are people who have... Because he knows he needs them. (laughs) And there are people who have said, I wasn't sure about this guy when they hired him. And, And, you know, I don't know, what about X, Y, or Z? And four months later, like, you know what? I'll buy this right now. He, he's saying the right things. He's he let at least Miniker throw a two point conversion <laughs> tonight, and 
And again, he said he didn't done hurt to have friends from the Big Ten Network. Right. And Elise was a college softball player and obviously embraced and had some fun with it. But he had some fun with it. It's a spring game. It's April 19th. You're not losing the game because you don't convert that two-point conversion that you maybe should have practiced on April 19th. It's it's having a little fun and buying it. And the guys are buying it. And the players are buying it. And we see these videos on social media and, and the excitement to just feel a one-to-one connection and we're all on this, you know, in the same area here in Champaign, and we shop at the same places. And let's, yeah. you know, let's let's make this more community based. Yeah, and I can tell you, that, I mean, the staff um, is blown away uh, with him. And there's a reason all these guys came to work for him. But there's a reason you haven't seen a mass exodus of players, and uh, that that's a kudos to Brett as well and his communication skills, not only outwardly and publicly, but within that building. Uh, I think it's very, very welcome. All right, that'll do it for us here at Memorial Stadium, the Illini spring game. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. we got more content coming up uh, from this game and the rest of spring ball. And, of course, a lot going on in recruiting as they've gotten three commits in three days. Uh, we got you covered there. And, of course, everything going on uh, with the basketball team that was celebrated at halftime. It was a really cool moment uh, with Io DeSumo and, and Kofi Coburn, Georgia Bashanishvili all there tonight. Uh, we'll see if Kofi comes back, but Io and Georgie are moving on and those guys got the uh, recognition they deserve. The Big Ten banner uh, was unveiled here. The Big Ten tournament title banner was unveiled. So cool moment for those guys as well. Did not see Adam Miller, um, however, uh, out there on the field. So um, that'll do it for us here at Memorial Stadium. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.